0: There we go.
1: happy monday thirty first. can't believe it's August tomorrow. but hey ho. Um, really good bunch of check-ins today, really good bunch of check-ins. Bloody, I'm yeah. after you. you. said good afternoon. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Right, Let's get straight in to the q and a. So first question. And anyone watching live, whack a question in if you want. Okay, first question. I have a couple of clients who repeatedly fail to stay accountable to themselves. Mm. Mr. Kenyon. I always try to ask open questions to understand the challenges and get them thinking about... No, this sounds like a very familiar question. Hang on. Let me... No. no right question sounding really familiar like we did that one a few weeks ago but it is this evening's one so yeah i have a couple of clients who repeatedly failed to stay accountable to themselves i always try and ask open questions to understand their challenges get them thinking about how it plays into the bigger picture and encourage them to lead things in terms of coming up with their solutions. My any advice on how I can help them build the level of accountability to themselves. Okay. I think when it comes down to this, without any more context behind any of this, I would say the first thing is simplify everything. I mean, really, really take it down to the bare bones, minimum, minimum kind of dose and like look at the bigger picture in regards to what you're asking them to be accountable to or want them to be accountable to like, look at the principle that you're working off. Um, And again, I think one of the big things here is they will probably come back and say the right things to you, but I think one of the key things to then go back and challenge them on and ask those questions on is well, first of all, what's the very, very first thing—the smallest step towards that thing you're being accountable to—and the second thing is, do you believe you can be? um Do you believe that you can achieve that that step? And really, kind of help them break that down in, on how they're going to do it. And if you go back to kind of being accountable, and whether that's checking in, whether that is doing the workouts, whether that is tracking the nutrition like think back to the process of creating um, habits for themselves whether that's habit, habit stacking whether that is getting them to be aware of the you know contextual cues or triggers that are that are making them not stay accountable or they drift off somewhere and fall back into old habits so I would look along those those lines really in regards to really help to break them down when they're going to do it, how they're going to do it, what's the first step, uh, what are the potential barriers, how are you going to overcome them to make sure that you're going to be achievable, those things can be achievable, and just really kind of work through that process, even for the smallest step for it. So I would say, without any context, I would break everything down and really look at the minute detail of just them getting that first step because ultimately, what that will enable you to do enable them to do is to feel is to build up their self-efficacy and they'll want to continue. They'll see and believe they can do that um, further down the line and continue to do that. So strip everything back. I would say, um, get the first, first step, think about habit stacking and how that applies to them, challenge them if there are any barriers that could appear again come up with a solution so you're constantly kind of challenging summarizing any barriers if there are help them overcome it even for that first step so that's what i would say with that um next question how have you guys found sending more emails per? oh no i'm a pissing mouse tell you what yeah here we go how have you guys found sending more emails per week in terms of click through opening rates yep yeah, so we've increased that but we've really increased our the amount of emails we've, we we have do over the last kind of six weeks two months something like that um very good yeah very good uh so context behind that is Usually when you have some obviously the your opening rates are percentages, aren't they? And it does give you numbers, but then also you click through rates of percentages. So we've one of our photos has been growing our email list. And usually as you grow the volume, the percentage might come down, but actually it's stabilized, um, even though we're we're increasing our our mailing list. So very good. Um and uh click-through rates and engagement in, in engagement has has gone up as well so that comes through yeah the consistency and frequency really people are getting used to it I I think so yeah good very good like anything you know you you do it for a, you do it for a period of time where you're not really getting much back um and then you're getting a flow of it and then you get you obviously start to read the rewards of it so yeah good, good, good good good, good. Oh
0: man, this mouse, is not, let me get back to the questions. There we go. Wait, tell me what, anyone out out there knows of a decent replacement for a mouse? For Mac, please let me
1: know because this one does my head in. Every time you breathe near it, it goes mental and changes everything. Okay. Um, okie doke. Right. When slash why did you guys decide you wanted to stop coaching and move to mentoring? Um, I It was interesting when I read that question on the check-in this morning, I don't think of us as, I always think of us as coaching more so, so I um, naturally went from coaching, when I went into management, I naturally, and I was still coaching people for fitness and fat loss and performance, and and then I, I basically saw a lot of PTs come in, this was being away from the industry for about, in the UK for about, a good eight years, nine years or so, I saw a lot of personal trainers come in, just compl- and then literally walk out the door again. You know, within a couple of weeks, because I didn't know how to run a business, build a business, do anything, and apply things. So naturally, naturally, the coaching I turned from coaching, you know, fitness, fat loss, performance to coaching PTs in regards to their business, and just organically happened that way. Um, but I don't feel like I've stopped coaching in in whatsoever. I feel that actually I've learned more. I think I've learned more about coaching in the last eight years versus the first 12, 14 years. So yeah, saw a need got a lot of people when I was managing gyms, ask about, you know, I basically tried to help and retain my my, my PTs. And so it went from that to that. But still do coaching um, as well as mentoring. What are the first things to outsource to gain back some time? Right, the things you don't like, <laughs> the things that uh, you're not good at, find people that are better than you um, and specialise in that area. Um, so as an example, we're me and Anne. we're crap at design terrible um so we outsource that and uh, i think the things that take you away from the main core of like what you do in your business um when you get to a point where obviously you've got the budget for it but also that kind of um stage where you might have to invest and maybe even stabilize your revenue or go backwards a little bit or increase your expenses to then take 10 steps forward because it might give you back x amount of time a week um and also energy as well you know mental energy as well and capacity to put into other things to then grow the business so i think when you find yourself at a sticking point where you are Capacity of coaching, you're spinning a lot of plates. You're finding yourself really hating parts of that job. Not hating is a strong word, actually. But I think if you know you haven't got time to upskill yourself, and um, it's a an area where you can outsource and get better people in, that is when I would um, say the right thing to start to outsource and to look at different options. Definitely. And I don't think you need, doesn't have to be, you don't have to be at capacity. Um, but I think if you're doing a job where you can find other people that are better than you and specialise in that area, and it frees up a bunk a bulk of time in your week, I think it's a no-brainer.
0: Um, so, yeah.
1: Next question. Do you think we should avoid money off offers? as a as a um as a constant practice and constant thing you do in your business, yes, I do. um I do think I don't think you should do it as a consistent thing in your business. I don't think it should be a part of your kind of business model. but the caveat to that is I don't I feel that there is play a place for it definitely, I think not particularly on your um Mm. yeah I think there is a place for it at the right time and using it incredibly sparingly so money off offers the and also value add offers I would say so I think if you are trying to kickstart a new service potentially whether that's online whether that's a program whether that's um, a release I think you could use it as a kind of one-off to kind of kickstart that that service i don't feel there's much wrong with that if you're finding going back to the other question there like your time is really 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 um tight in regards to marketing and maybe things aren't landing a little bit it could be something you could pull out the bag to just kick things off a little bit but i would not use it as a general practice or a consistent practice at all i would opt for value add versus value off but I don't particularly feel that you should avoid it altogether, but just as a general practice. Um, next question. My lead magnet is going to be a 10 day challenge in August. Would you create this for, for the niche only? Dads who want to get back into sport. Any tips on things to consider when setting one up? Um yes i would create it for your niche only one million percent absolutely tips to tips for things to consider when setting one up is make it incredibly incredibly simple to understand like the name of it should be incredibly easy to understand what it is and what it's there for i think um just like any type of marketing like make sure that you're not just focusing on, on the features you are highlighting the benefits way more than the features um and what i mean by that is a lot of people kind of go yeah uh, joy you know the lead magnets facebook group facebook you know community community group what's the outcome what they're going to get from it that's the key thing and that will come off the back of knowing your niche and know what problem you're trying to solve i think um i think you need to Talk about it until you are sick to death of talking about it. Like you need to make sure that you are getting excited about it. And actually, I'll call someone out here. Lauren's done a great job with this in regards to her lead magnet. Um, the content she put out was bad. It was really, really good, like got you excited. Um, you know, it really showcased what it was there for, what people are gonna, gonna get. Um, so, yeah, I think getting excited about it, keeping it simple, definitely, definitely specifically in each, scream and shout about it every, every point, show behind the scenes of it, make it easy to get, um, whether that's a download, whether that's joining a group for something, whether that's a mini program, whatever, and make sure that you are not just giving them it and doing it manually, that it is automated, systemized, it nurtures people and is definitely a call to action in there somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I would say those are the points for lead magnet. But it sounds like a good, a good, good shout. So what I would say is there, what is the 10 day challenge going to give people? What are they going to get from it? Why would they come on it? What what so- problems is it solving? Those are the questions I'd ask right at the beginning. Um
0: Okay,
1: magnet, All right, I'm at capacity, I want to be for face-to-face, but when I get an inquiry I feel tempted to take the person on because I see the time free in my diary but I know it's time I need to keep free from online coaching, how would you recommend going about keeping that boundary? I think that's a decision you have to make with yourself. There are obviously, I think when it comes to that, and it's interesting because most of the time, if you have people, if you're not, okay, so if you're getting inquiries face-to-face, you don't sell, you're not selling, or you don't want to grow your face-to-face, you want to grow your online service, then make sure that you're showcasing that through your marketing, make sure it's absolutely clear about how you deliver it without actually kind of going, this is what I do for online coaching and checking and this and that. And maybe that's a part of it, but more so people need to see behind the scenes of it. They need to see you doing it, delivering it, need to hear people who are on it um, and getting that service. Um, And also it comes down to like, even if people are, you know, coming to you and they're cold leads and they're asking for face-to-face, have the, have the conversations, have the sales calls, the consultations, because just because they're coming to you with a want, that's just only based on their experience right now and what their perception is of you and of the business. So you having those conversations, digging into the detail of their goals, their barriers, their challenges, and together creating those solutions, together moving forward, um, ultimately you know online coaching is delivering the benefits and the goals of that person so I think if you really highlight that and dig into the detail of that and generate some really good relatable rapport you know I feel that that doesn't always have to be the case of oh someone's face to face and I can't turn them around because they don't understand online coaching or whatever it is mm. you should be doing that job through your 3 your consult and I just feel that like keeping those boundaries um it's as much it's as much account you need to be accountable to yourself and have that really strict um element of scheduling and timing to your business um as ever with that stuff um So yeah, I would actually challenge my I would challenge you to have those conversations with people who come to you face to face. If you want them online, I would, and never lead with online coaching. Always, always dig into the details, start to build out those solutions. Um, because ultimately, people, if you're selling the benefits and you're selling the process, and you're not focused so much on the this is online coaching, I haven't got face to face. Well, if people don't know what it is, don't have value in it, don't, know, don't understand how it works so forth and so forth they're going to of course they're going to say no so i think that's your job in the console um right. what methods could i use to encourage more interaction in my free group i know you can't expect much but now i'm back from holiday i can put more time into it thinking of a challenge that requires them to post in every day like I've done with clients or something like that. Um, Ask them, ask them, ask them, ask them. um, Go out there and start with, you know, they obviously should have a very common or common, yeah, a common goal, which is why they're on that group with you. And I would highlight that. And also if you want to do a challenge or, and I think that's a great shout by the way, link it to the goal, link that, whatever that challenge is, give them some options, let them pick, um, give them a date when you're going to start, create some boundaries and let them be a part of it. Um, Depending on the length of time or all the ins and outs, yeah, you could get them to post every day or or, or whatever it looks like. But I think if you start with them and let them lead it with you providing the environment, i.e. options based on their goal and explain the context why, you probably could generate some traction off the back of it. Okay. What are some good example questions for market of market research? Okay. So um, So when you're building out any type of survey or questionnaire or market research, you want to start with identify questions, which are things like gender, age range um maybe experience, maybe yeah, I would say age range, gender. You could put in there about interest, but you want to make it snappy and quick. So I would probably stick to those to the to the top ones. Um, definitely contact details. Um, the obvious one which is goals and make it statement based. Um, so instead of saying weight loss, fat loss, toning, so forth and so forth, use the words that they would use and the the phrases they would use. So the options to pick from would be this, don't leave open boxes. Um, So the goals, um, maybe how long have you been trying to achieve that goal? Um, What have you tried in the past or what are you trying now to achieve it? How well is that working? Um, What frustrations and challenges are you facing currently? Do you believe is stopping you from achieving that goal? Um, are, you want some scale rating, so maybe on a scale of one to 10, how important is it? Which is a bit of a non-question because people will say relatively high. The question to follow up with at the back of that is, is um, how would you rate your belief you can achieve it? Which is basically measuring self-efficacy. And then a question to follow that underneath might be, what would you need to happen to make that seven a 10, right? So you know now what what motivates them. Um, And if there's any support I could give you in relation to your goal and your challenges, what would that look like? And again, give you some options like a couple of emails, little mini program, quick call to run through what you're doing now, so forth and so forth. So that way you can take all that information and know, Who within these age ranges have um, these specific goals, challenges, belief factors, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I would run with that. And also experience. I can't remember if I said that one. So, yeah, those are the questions that I would base loosely a market research uh, questionnaire on. question how to know when it's time to go rent only in a commercial gym right i think okay i think if you're getting to the point where you are spinning a hell of a lot of plates and you're finding that potentially your level of it this isn't just Rent, really this is generally like if you find the, the common kind of signs of dragging yourself out of bed you miss your. you're starting to miss your own training you're um not getting stuff done that you would normally get done you're late in things you're um doing things as task lists rather than meaningful things i think those are the kind of typical signs that you need to claw some time back obviously time back with an easy option and a very good option would be to take away service hours i.e shift hours Um, i think also when you have clarity on your fight and control on your finances you can you know quite comfortably project what you're bringing in next month and i think getting to a level in accounting for that extra expense of rent you need to be understanding what that means from a Number of clients wise, extra time into your business, um, so having a full understanding of that. I think. Um I think those are the the things that I'd be kind of looking for. Um and obviously, like if you're basically doing a shit job on you, you shift hours as well means that you probably shouldn't be on shift hours. So that as well is probably a good sign because if you're doing a shit job or you're you know you're not putting effort into that and you're ticking a box you probably won't be getting much from that in return so that's another sign when is the right time those are things i would probably look for but look there's never kind of a right time and a perfect time for anything so at the same time um i think getting a date in mind if you're thinking about going on rent and and working towards getting those things in place i think um I think is an advantage you will help. But when's the right time? It's very different for everybody. But those are the things I'll consider, I think. Um, cool, man. Grill, right? No more questions. Any more for any more for another live? Um, no. All good.
0: No more questions this week. Good
1: questions. Right, guys, um, that concludes the Q&A. Any more follow-up questions or any comments, uh, pop them in the comments section and we can get back to you. But otherwise, have a good week.
0: See you all soon.